Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Thank you. A big collective group hug to everyone who came out to the Fox Nation Patriot Awards last night in Tampa. I'm back in my home <laughs> studio. Seven hours of driving to get there and back. Uh, to see you all. It was awesome. I had a blast last night. There's been some great media coverage of the event. We had a lot of fun. Uh, one big downside from me, though, I blew it last night at the Patriot Watch. Ah. For those of you who saw it, it'll air on Fox, I believe, during the week of Thanksgiving. Yes, Joe, it's bad. Yeah. The coach, the famous coach of the minor league hockey team that went in the locker room and told his players, if you think you're going to kneel for the national anthem, get the oomph out of here right now. <laughs> I, I ran into John Krapinski, the coach backstage in the green room, uh, and it, I didn't click right yeah. away who he was. So, John, please e call, me. call me. Email me. I wanted a pic. I don't like selfies or anything. I never take pictures. If you see my Instagram, I rarely take pictures with any of the talent that I should probably should. Oh, I can understand. But John, the coach, <laughs> oh, the viral rant. Remember the rant? He's telling his players, you're going to yeah. nail for the national anthem. Get the F out of my locker yeah. room. Yeah, I saw great. this guy and I missed it. It is so upsetting. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you on this I'm fine day, my friend? I'm doing very well, man. And, you know, it's so much going on when you're at something like that. You'll look straight at somebody you yeah, know, and it, know. And it won't click. It just happens, uh, Dan. And it just happens. Just a note, know? a lot of people were asking for you. No. Folks, Joe and I eventually are going to do a public <laughs> event. You. Paula, Joe, the whole team, yeah. so you can come out and say hello. Tons of people. There was a line for my book. I'm really sorry if you didn't get right. one. I, the Thank line you. was out the door. My apologies. But a lot of people love producer Joe and Paula, so All we right. will do an event eventually. All right, stack show today. Let's get right into it. Today's show brought to you by buddies at Helix Sleep. Ladies and gentlemen, the finest mattresses out there. Not only are the finest, most comfortable mattresses, we have two, one for me, one for my daughter. The best prices, too. Go to Helix, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash Dan. Get up to $125 off your mattress orders. Now, why is Helix Sleep special? What's different about them? Listen, anybody can go into a mattress store and, 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 and lay down on a mattress made for, you know, Joey Bag of Donuts. Yeah. It's not made for you. Here's the difference. Yeah, yeah. Here's the difference with Helix. They have a sleep quiz. It takes two minutes, the deuce, to complete. And it matches your specific body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you, not for Joey Bag of Donuts. Side sleepers, hot sleepers. You prefer a hard bed, a plush bed, a firm bed. With Helix, there's no more confusion and no more compromising. They can even split it down the middle for you and who's ever with you on the bed. There you go. It's rated number one by GQ, their mattress and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz. That's all it takes. And they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. Wake up refreshed. Nice. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights, risk-free. We love it. I wouldn't sleep on any other mattress. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. They don't do that a lot because people love it. You will. Helix is offering up to $125 off all mattress orders for our listeners. That's $125 off. Go to helixsleep.com slash Dan, helixsleep.com slash Dan. Save yourself $125 off your mattress order. Helixsleep.com slash Dan. Go there today. All right, Joe, let's go. For all our Maryland buddies, by the way, yeah. I will be up in Maryland tomorrow, Saturday at 6 o'clock to celebrate the event of my friend, 
a delegate up in Maryland, a Republican, good guy, Brian Chisholm. So I'll be stopping in there to say hello if you want to go to his webpage, Brian Chisholm, like the movie. Uh, so check that out if you want to say hello to me. I'm, uh, he's one of my buddies. I grew, I uh, didn't grow up with him, but kind of grew up and matured with him over. I got a call about Park, that today. So check that yeah, out. Yeah, I did. Yeah, Somebody did you? Yeah. yeah, he's my buddy. I love that guy. So taking a trip back home at Joe's cool. Joe's Barrio. All right, folks. So. The, the, yeah, man. What's that? Paul is making fun of me. This, Joe, they're freaking out. They're freaking out. I'm going to bookend this segment right. on the continued impeachment fiasco farce joke, fake whistleblower controversy. Uh, you know, a coup stage number three. Remember, stage three. First was the collusion hoax, then the Mueller hoax. Now we're into whistleblower hoax, right? Right. right. I'm going to bookend this with two things. I'm going to start here with a video audio of Adam Schiff. Uh, just a couple weeks ago, who Joe was hell-bent on getting the whistleblower up to the hill to tell everybody behind closed doors about this devious call where Trump cuts this deal with the Ukrainians. It's over. He sold the country oh, yeah. out. Oh, my gosh. So we're going to start with that, and we're going to end with the impeachment polling and how bad, I'm telling you, this is really getting for the Democrats. And the, the, the gist of this segment here is going to be this entire fiasco is collapsing on the Democrats in a massive face plant into the concrete. And now they, even with the help of a unified anti-Trump media, they can't save this fiasco anymore. Let's start with Schiff. This is him a few weeks ago. Sleazy, lying Adam Schiff. He's so confident they need to get the whistleblower out there. He needed him to talk. Keep in mind, Adam Schiff's hiding the whistleblower now. I'll get to that in a right, second, right, but right. play this cut first. Check him out just a few weeks ago. When do you expect to hear from the whistleblower? Uh, very soon. I, you know, It will depend probably more on how quickly the director of national intelligence can uh, complete the security clearance process for the whistleblower's lawyers. But we're ready to hear from the whistleblower as soon as that is done. Oh, man, I'm always going out of order. With the show. Here we go. I'll get, remind me to get to that next, Paul. Give me like a wave or something. So Schiff just a few weeks ago is absolutely committed to the yes. whistleblower who has this devastating information, Joe, yeah. about Trump selling the country out to Ukraine mm -hmm. for information on Biden. We need to get that whistleblower up there. Now, what changed? What changed? What took a little Yui? A little 180? Well, what changed is obviously we found out about the bevy of connections between National Security Council staff who were supposed to be working for the White House providing national security information, now apparently spying on the White House, leaving the White House, going to work for Schiff. And now we find out that Adam Schiff lied about his contacts between people on his staff and people representing the whistleblower. No. Sounds kind of <laughs> like collusion, Joe, does sure it not? Dan. Yeah. Sounds like there was a little plot going on with Intel connected people inside the NSC to gather information yeah. on the Trump White House, what we would call spying and passing it over to sleazy Adam Schiff, who hates Donald Trump completely. So here is stage one. What I'm framing for you now is, again, a bookend of the complete collapse of the impeachment farce and fiasco which is going to end on how even the public, despite full media unity in on the lie, the whistleblower hoax, they cannot save this now. Step one, Schiff has been exposed as a colluder with people inside the NSC to spy on the White House about a false story, about a transcript we can all read and a deal that never happened. Schiff does not want it out there how the whistleblower 
who has been identified by his real clear investigation as Charamella, Eric Charamella. Real clear. It's got that story. We covered it last week. The connections between Schiff, Charamella, people on the NSC staff, the, the uh, Ukrainian interference in the 2016 election, and key people who were dealing with Charamella and others during that fiasco with Ukraine are devastating. Okay. So yesterday, again, the media all in. We were told that the Charge, the Charge des Affairs, who's the number two for the United States in any embassy around the way of the ambassador and the Charge, right? right? The Charge in Ukraine, a guy named Bill Taylor, who clearly at this point hates Donald Trump. Taylor's testimony was put out there yesterday. You remember the secret testimony in the star chamber they're running for impeachment? That was put out yesterday. Taylor's testimony. What were we told, Joe, again mm. by the hack media? We were told again, Joe, this is the 15th different fact point, data point confirming that there was, in fact, a deal. Although we have the transcript and there's no deal. But we were told Taylor said that. Yeah. Now, this is where this gets fascinating. I'd like to put up the actual transcript of what Taylor actually said. And I think you are going to get a real <laughs> kick out of how Taylor, remember the charge, yeah. this guy's the number two for the United States and Ukraine, how he got this information that Trump was cutting a deal with the Ukrainians for investigation about Biden. And he wanted information on it, right? Listen, I'm going to put up this testimony. This is a total trip. By the way, this is a hat tip Lee Zeldin, good congressman up there from New York, District 1. Uh, so he did some questioning. And he asks Taylor, who used to be the ambassador, the charge for the purposes of this. He says, uh, September 7th, are we looking at the same paragraph? Uh, Taylor says, Zeldin says, third paragraph down on page 12. Taylor says, okay, right. In which he described the phone conversation with Sondland and President Trump. Yes, sir. So Zeldin says, this is the only reference in your opening statement to Biden other than the one reference to the July 25th call. You know, folks, the transcript call we're talking about. That's this whole thing started with. He says, and this isn't firsthand. In other words, hold on, before we go on, Zeldin's telling that, uh, suggesting to Taylor that, wait, you weren't even on the call, but did you hear it from someone else who was on the call? So Zeldin goes on. He says, it's not only not firsthand, it's not secondhand, but it's not thirdhand either. He says, but if I understand this correctly, you're telling us that Tim Morrison, who's an NSC, another National Security Council guy, told you that Ambassador Sondland told him that President Trump told Sondland that Zelensky would have to open an investigation into Biden, Ambassador Taylor. That's correct. I heard it from a friend who heard it from a friend who heard it from another that you're messing around. That's not even accurate. Joe, the actual version is I heard it from a friend who 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 that you're messing around. This isn't even third hand information. So this guy, Taylor, was not on the call. He didn't hear it directly. He heard it from a dude who heard it from a dude who heard a dude told another dude that there was a deal that's nowhere to be found in the transcript of the call who the dude who told the dude who told the dude said was on the transcript of the call and allegedly heard the call. If this doesn't this make sense, now you wonder why total, this, this total, right? This is, Joe, how crazy is this? Oh, 
Come on, Daniel. Do you understand uh, why this whole impeachment fiasco is uh, collapsing? Uh, Nobody why? can point to where this deal actually happened. It's not actually in the call that started this. It's not there. We have the transcript. Uh, the whistleblower says it's a firsthand word-for-word account of the transcript as for standard practice. The whistleblower himself, it's not actually in the transcript. These guys who were complaining about the deal that never happened heard about the deal from a dude who heard it from a dude who told the dude that another dude told another dude about a deal that nobody can seem to find or pin down. If this is like, Dan, this is getting stupid. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Nobody gets this. Yeah. The Democrats thought this was an open and shut case. And candidly, folks, it would have been if the transcript said what the whistleblower who says in his own memo, it's a word-for-word transcript as per standard practice. If the transcript had included the deal, the illicit deal the Democrats trying to impeach Trump over, this would be an open and shut case for them. Yeah. Maybe not for the Senate. But do you understand no, that this alleged quid pro quo doesn't exist? Nobody can find it? And the only people testifying up on the hill about it, despite what the media, the media leaks, Taylor confirms quid pro quo. No, he doesn't. He confirmed the dude told the dude told another dude who told him that another dude saw something that doesn't exist. That's what actually happened. Oh, man. That's the testimony. Look at it yourself. <laughs> you think I'm making this up? I never. By the way, I got an update on the Epstein thing. I never saw Don't that go before, sorry, man. Joe, go ahead. I'm sorry, I never saw that no. before. That was that was killer. I mean, a friend, a friend, a friend. But but about yeah, unbelievable, dude. It's my, not even third hand reaction there, man. Wow. It's not even third. I got more on this because I, I got to bookend this because it's get folks. This gets crazier. Again, one, I got oh, an update on Epstein. Right. Don't go anywhere, folks. I got a loaded show for you today. The Epstein thing. This, yeah. this is getting really freaky. Our show yesterday blew up. Oh, yeah. One of our most listened to show ever is about the Epstein. If you missed it, go back and listen. Uh, but this, uh, remember, what we're bookending this with. Why Schiff, who was so anxious to have the whistleblower, who mentions this illicit deal with Ukraine for Hunter Biden information, why Schiff is hiding the whistleblower? They're hiding them because this thing is totally collapsing. Despite the media's best efforts, in these leaked transcripts and now these public transcripts before to tell you there was a deal. Nobody can find the deal. The people who are alleging there were a deal didn't even hear it second or third hand. And nobody can pinpoint what the deal was because it's not in the transcript. Okay. Let me point this text out again. Bill Taylor, the charge, the same guy alleging he heard from a friend who heard from a friend, mm. blah, blah, blah. You get it mm -hmm. about the deal. Here's the text from a couple weeks ago I showed you from Gordon Sondland oh, yeah. to Bill Taylor, an actual text about the deal. Here's Taylor texting Gordon Sondland. As I said on the phone, I think it's crazy to withhold security assistance for help with a political campaign. In other words, Taylor's texting Sondland, our EU ambassador, about the quid pro quo he thinks he knows about from a friend, from a friend, from a friend. Right. Here's Sondland's text back. You can see it on the YouTube, youtube.com slash Bongino. I'll read it for you. Bill, I believe you are incorrect about President Trump's intentions. The president has been clear. No quid pro quos of any kind. Oh, gosh, yeah. I can't believe this. Folks, I'm, my sincere apologies to you for the media, not for this show. I hate that... You know, with the economic growth going on, there were some charter school issues, some school choice stuff, some healthcare stuff. 
that we would, I would really love to be covering other things right now during this 2020 election. But I'm telling you, I am not wasting your time. This is the most important crisis right now. We have to put a tourniquet on and triage this now because the media are, there is no media in this country anymore. There's a Pravda-like gaslighting false information outlet whose sole purpose is to get rid of the president based on false information. If we don't day after day knock out these brush fires in a dry forest, the whole house is going to burn down. So we are forced every day to come on the air through you, the voice of the people out there for the president to fight back and knock these brush fires down before this becomes another collusion hoax we're dealing with two years later. None of what you were told to sum this little subsection of the larger why the impeachment farce is falling apart. The subsection here is the testimony of Taylor, the charge that was released yesterday, does not say there was a quid pro quo. It says the opposite, that he was told there wasn't one in a text and where he believes there was one, he heard from a guy, from a guy, from another guy who told the guy, another guy said it. Now, there's an excellent piece up at the Federalist. Please read the show notes today at Bongino.com. Subscribe to my newsletter at the website. We'll send them right to you. I got big news on that coming soon, by the way. Stay tuned. Excellent piece by the inimitable Sean Davis, who if you're not following him on Twitter, following him, excuse me, you're making a big mistake. This guy's work is just knocks it out of the park. Ever Can't say enough about it. Sean Davis, Federalist, blue check mark guy, worth your time. His article here, again, up at the show notes. Testimony, the transcript. This is the same transcript we're talking about from, from the testimony of Taylor. Shows William Taylor never even talked to Trump and wasn't even on the July 25th phone call. A top anti-Trump witness for House Democrats, Taylor, admitted he wasn't on the July 25th call, Joe, and had never even spoken to Trump about the military aid. Oh, do we have a screenshot for this? We do, right? Now, let me just quote the because this gets even better. From, from Sean Davis's piece, folks. Remember, this is Taylor. This is supposed to be the kill shot against Trump. Yeah. Taylor's going to bring him down, Joe. All right. A key Democratic witness, Taylor, against Trump, admitted in testimony last month that he was not part of the July 25th call between uh, Trump and the Ukrainian president. That he didn't even see a transcript or readout until, until late September when it was declassified. And that he's never even spoken to President Donald Trump. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to need like a frontal lobe lobotomy here. One flew over the cuckoo's nest style with the, uh, the what are the electric, uh, electroconvulsive therapy. I mean, seriously, I'm going to need to scramble my uh, neurotransmitter. I cannot believe how. So let me just get this straight to sum this portion up about Taylor. He heard fourthhand about a deal that never happened. Instead of asking the president about the deal, what he runs in front of Congress and lies about a deal that never happened. Right. He never spoke to the president about a deal he claims happened that didn't happen. That's not in the transcript. He was not even on the call where the whistleblower blew the whistle on a, a deal that isn't even in the call. Taylor wasn't even on. And Taylor never even saw a transcript of the call until September after Trump declassified it. we're going to impeach the president over this, right? Like that's the deal, but we're going to kick the president out of office over this. 
We're kicking the president out of office over a transcript of a call that doesn't exist. The transcript you say exists about a deal doesn't exist because that's not the real transcript. Folks, this is really unfathomable what's going on right now. <sighs> now, all right, I want to get this. We're still in this block here. I haven't even bookended it with how this whole fiasco is collapsing in their faces. I haven't even gotten to the polling yet, which is now turning disastrous for the Democrats. That's why they don't want this whistleblower anywhere near Congress right now. I want to play this for you, too. This is last night, the Louisiana Trump rally. This is Trump at the rally. And he gets a story on stage. Unsurprisingly to my listeners and viewers, he gets a breaking news story about the whistleblower's attorney. I believe his name is Z-A-I-D Marks. I don't know how to say it, pronounce it, so forgive me. I'll put the tweet up in a minute. Don't worry about that. But a 2017 tweet from the whistleblower, fake whistleblower, Democrat operative, a 2017 tweet from his attorney, that's pretty darn scary. I'll put the tweet up in a minute. But I want you to watch Trump as he gets news of the breaking news about the whistleblower's attorney's tweet on the stage. Good for Trump for laying waste to this guy on the stage in front of a national audience last night. Check this out. A lot of things have happened because, you know, I don't know if you saw, I just got off. I'm coming off the plane and they hand me, look at this character. Okay, they just hand me this story. Coup has started, whistleblower's attorney said, in 2017. You know when that was? That was a long time ago. It's all a hoax. They say January 2017, a coup has started, and the impeachment will follow, ultimately. It's all a, it's all a hoax. It's a scam. And you know who helps them? These people right back here, the media. And then it said, oops, the light's going to go off. The CNN light is going to go off. It said, from the lawyer, a sleazeball. It said, I predict at CNN will play a key role in at real Donald Trump. Not finishing out his first time. Can you believe this? This is a whole, and this was done a long time ago. Then he goes. As one falls, two more will take their place, referring to outgoing Trump administration employees, who, by the way, have been put through hell by the sleaze back there and by crooked politicians. So let's just wrap this up. Oh, by the way, that totally <laughs> reminded me of, remember Al Pacino, Scent of a Moon? I love that line when he's in court. I'll put a flamethrower to this place. Uh -huh. that, that's true. Like, he's just burning it down now. Like, the whole swamp, rodent-infested disaster. The whole mess. He is just at the point that he is just filleting yeah. and burning this thing down. Burning it down. And good for him. Burning it to the ground. Because it's such a rat-infested mess. The fake whistleblower who filed a whistleblower complaint about fake information right. about a deal that didn't happen that nobody can describe and that the only people who are describing the fake deal heard it from a person who heard it from a person who heard it from a person who heard it from another person. That the lawyer in 2017, put up the tweet, please, was talking about a coup at Mark Syed, Esquire. Esquire always makes him sound so sophisticated. Hmm. The coup has started. 
First of many steps, rebellion, impeachment will follow ultimately. Hashtag lawyers. Uh, he should have included another hashtag, imbecile. Uh, that is really, really stupid. So obviously the plot to take out Trump, this is a 2017 tweet. Began a lot earlier with this lawyer than we suspected. But if you watch this show often, you already know that. Because you know the history of alleged whistleblower Charamella and others. And her dealings with Ukrainians and Democrat operatives interested in taking out Trump. You know all of that. You know all of it. You think this started with the July 25th phone call? Folks, the people involved in this coup attempt, the lawyers, the fake whistleblowers, the diplomatic swamp rats who hate Trump have been planning this a long, long time. And one other quick note about it. I won't put the other tweet up because I want to, I got a lot to get to. But Trump mentions in that flamethrower speech right there, which I love, <laughs> that the lawyers also mentioned that he was expecting CNN to help them out in this effort. How about that? Oh, shocker, Joe. <laughs> shocker. The media's complicit in this? Amazing. I mean, even the lawyer for the whistleblower knows CNN will gaslight and propagandize the public for him. Such a joke. Such a joke. So pathetic. This whole thing is pathetic. All right, I'm not done with this block yet because I got another interesting angle from the excellent Kerry Pickett at the Washington Examiner. I'm going to get to in a second, and I'm going to wrap up with the poll, and I want to move on to an Epstein update and more. Really loaded show. A lot to get to. Um, today's show also brought to you by our buddies at Ali. Ali, Ali. This is the best. I'm almost hesitant to call it dog food because dog food has that connotation. You're like, dog food? This is human-grade food that your dog will love. Yes, it is pet food. But it's human-grade food. The example I always use about how good Ollie is is if you make a nice ribeye steak and you give a couple pieces to your dog, is it dog food? No, it's just food you gave to your dog. That's how good this pet food is, Ollie. Now, we have adopted a couple dogs in our house from my mother-in-law, of course, the beautiful Linda and baby who we absolutely love. Look at that picture. Oh, my gosh. Come on. That dog is 13 years old. You know why she looks like that? Because of Ollie. Ollie puts dogs first. Your dog's health is important as every other member of your family. They have vet-formulated recipes and fully transparent ingredients to give your dog the healthiest food possible. None of that kibble garbage, okay? They make fresh meals, Ollie, with real ingredients. You can actually eat this stuff. I'm not kidding. And delivers them to you on a regular schedule. They beat out store-bought dog food at 10 to 1 on the palatability skill. You know what that means? Let me translate for you. It just tastes really, really good, and your dog will love it. Because they create customized vet-formulated recipes, all natural ingredients. No junk, no preservative source from U.S. Family Farm. It's healthy, high-quality food. Go to myolly.com slash try slash Bongino. You'll get 60% off plus a free bag of treats. Folks, these answer a few questions about your dog, and they'll create customized recipes for your pup that they'll love. They've delivered 5 million meals and counting. Shipping is free. If your dog doesn't like the meals, send them back. But they will. They won't eat anything else after this. Ollie's offering our listeners 60% off your first box plus a free bag of treats at myolli.com slash try slash Bongino. This is the best deal they have anywhere available. Myolli.com slash try slash Bongino for 60% off, plus a free bag of treats. Again, myolli.com slash try slash Bongino. Your dog will absolutely love this food. They won't eat anything else. It's that good. Go check it out.
All right, so one final angle on this thing, the fake whistleblower, fake transcript, fake, all of this stuff is fake. When I say fake transcript, I don't mean the transcript Trump, but I mean the transcript these fake whistleblowers keep talking about because that doesn't exist. There's no transcript with a deal in it, okay? That didn't happen. Kerry Pickett has a great piece up at the Washington Examiner. Be in the show notes, must read. Check this out, it's so good. About how, remember Colonel Vindman, who uh, we're not supposed to ask any questions about, he's a military yeah. officer? Mm-hmm. Well, this is a fascinating, we're not supposed to ask anything. Uh, no. Kerry Pickett and Rob Crilly, November 6, 2019, headline, Washington Examiner. Uh, Vinman and Whistleblower, I'm just going to put fake in there. Win- Vinman and fake Whistleblower still work together on U.S. policy toward Ukraine. Wow, that's crazy. That's crazy. So Colonel Vinman, who again has no firsthand knowledge of this actual uh, deal because he doesn't know, because the deal doesn't exist in the call he heard, Right. Vindman, but we're not allowed to question him. Remember, you're only allowed to question military people like Mike Flynn when you think it can hurt Donald Trump. But military people don't like Trump. You're not allowed to question them at all, ever, according to the media, who who thinks they're going to establish rules for my show, which I promptly throw right out the window and double down on. So Vindman's working still with this alleged whistleblower, Charamella? That's kind of weird, isn't it? Oh, it's Because in the piece, we see this little gem first from Kerry Pickett. A former White House aide, so that, you know, a, a probably a pretty decent source here, because I know Kerry, she doesn't work with crappy sources, told them that it's a near mathematical certainty, Joe, that Colonel Vindman knew the whistleblower mm. and that the whistleblower is being used to provide analytical support to the NSC on the topics of Russia and Ukraine. They would have crossed paths. They know who they are. They know who they are. You may say, okay, that's not surprising. Dan, you've been saying that all these people have been working with each other and pushing this coup stage three yeah but that's not what vindman said check out part two of Kerry pickett's piece oh this is an easy one vindman added i I don't know who the whistleblower is and i would not feel comfortable to speculate as to the identity of the whistleblower oh Hmm. okay okay sure nobody knows anybody now joe nobody knows anything i'm noticing Nobody knows nothing. Mass amnesia. <laughs> Mass amnesia. Retro and anterograde amnesia. They don't remember backwards, nope. forward, nothing. Wouldn't that be weird if he testified in kind of con- in front of Congress, Vindman, that he had no idea, raise my right hand, I have no idea who the whistleblower is, and he was actually working with the whistleblower and may have known and coordinated with people on shift team. Wouldn't that be crazy if that came out at some point? That'd be nuts, wouldn't it? Seems it? weird a little bit. Yeah. Seems weird a little. Gosh, I've been wait- weird. Crazy time. Okay, wrapping up our initial segment of the show on how the impeachment fiasco is totally collapsing. Oh, right. Sleazeball shift is in a panic. I told you I'd bookend it with, ladies and gentlemen, impeachment is a not a criminal process. It's a political process. It's designed as a remedy towards crimes, high crimes, misdemeanors, treason, and bribery. But make no mistake, this is not a criminal trial. It is a political one. Meaning, you need political, tactical, public support and political capital to win in an impeachment and removal. Meaning, you should probably have the public on your side for this. Well, this isn't quite working out. Here's the morning consult, believe me, by no way a right-wing outlet. Support for impeachment falls as inquiry moves to new phase. Folks, support for impeachment has dropped from 51% of removal to 47%. And I guarantee you, as this fiasco continues to fall apart, 
and their hoax story continues to collapse, those numbers are going to get far worse. Ladies and gentlemen, this is an embarrassment for them. A total epic embarrassment of historic proportions. There is a bipartisan effort involved in the impeachment. You say, no, no, there is? What do you mean? Oh, yeah, there's a bipartisan effort to not do it. Exactly zero Republicans voted on the impeachment resolution. And two Democrats voted against it. There is bipartisan support against this stupid impeachment based on a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who told a guy about a transcript and a version of it that doesn't exist. This is, I promise you, this is, this that 47 is going to be the high point of this thing because this fiasco is going to totally collapse. <sighs> okay, let me get to the Yasher tweet. I'm sorry, I went out of order. Always, always confusing the uh, well- oiled machine of the production crew here. The only rusty, non-well-oiled part of this is me because I constantly go out of order. I mean, I it was labeled number one. Do the Yasser story number one. One, not two. And of course, I messed that up because I put the number one at the bottom. Here's a tweet from Yasser Ali. He, does, he covers the media. Uh, update. Wow. Wait, but wait, but before you get this on, this is convenient. I'm actually glad we did this out of order. So whistleblowers are sacrosanct, right, Joe? The media told us that. Didn't they just tell us that? Yeah. No, don't ever met whistle no. Joe, whistleblower. The whistleblower, you cannot mention. You What is it? There was Harry Potter. I'm not a Harry Potter fan, but isn't one of the bad guys like you, thou who shall, whose name shall never be mentioned? Right? I know, and people have tweeted me this. We're never supposed to mention. Don't mention the whistleblower. The whistleblower is never to be questioned. He blew the whistle. Don't ever mention his name. We are to beatify this guy. We are to wash his feet. We are to bathe him. We are to feed him. He's not even allowed to touch food. We're to take grapes and drop them in the mouth. Make sure he doesn't choke, though. We're to get the big, remember the Egyptian, like, palm frond yes. fans? We are to fan the whistleblower. We're to manicure and pedicure. Manny Petty, Joe. Oh. Pedicure his feet. Paint okay. his nail. Whatever. Wash his face. We are, we are to do, we are to take care, massage the whistleblower. The whistleblower is to live a life of luxury for, he is to never, ever be questioned. God forbid you're to mention his name. Whistleblowers are sacrosanct saints of our time. Huh? What about the whistleblower blew the whistle on ABC's effort to spike a story about now deceased alleged pedophile Jeffrey Epstein molesting young girl. What about that whistleblower? No, no, no. This guy's to be fired immediately. This, this guy, get him out. Update at Yasha. Two sources familiar with the matter, talking about ABC spiking the Epstein story, which I covered yesterday. Tell me that CBS News, where they believe he's now working, this alleged whistleblower, has fired the staffer in question. Well, Joe, oh. this is not possible. He continues. This comes after ABC informed CBS that they determined who accessed the footage of Amy Robach expressing her frustrations about the Epstein story. Joe, this is impossible. How could they do this that? This is clearly a lie. I don't know. That, I, I don't know. Do I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused. Can't, I'm confused. What, 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 what was it? Joe? Uh, let me unconfuse you. I, yeah. I thought whistleblowers <laughs> were, were, were to be sainted. So when now you have yeah. a legit whistleblower. How. No one's disputing the authenticity of the footage he blew the whistle on about a major news network spiking a story about an alleged pedophile molesting young girls. And not only is this whistleblower not to get the Manny Petty and the Egyptian palm fanning, 
This whistleblower, he's to be terminated immediately from multiple networks, outed and humiliated the minute we find out who he is. Folks, if we have not reached an intellectual vacuum of peak stupid on the left, I, I don't I don't know when it's gonna happen. They're not you understand they don't even care anymore about looking like idiots. I'm not, folks, I'm not kidding. No, that, I'm not talking about Yasher. He put the update out. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not knocking him, but his sources are pretty good. By the way, he's never been any kind of friend to me, but it's fine. Information's information, yeah. good or bad. I'm not, you know, I'm not here to fight, you know, this guy over nothing. But do you understand? I'm not kidding that they don't even care anymore about their reputations. They are on the same day. They're telling you about a sacrosanct whistleblower who obviously made up a story about a fake transcript who is never to be outed, is to be bathed and massaged, right? Yeah. On the same day, the networks that are saying this are firing a guy who exposed one of the biggest stories of the year, the spiking of another huge story about young women being molested. This is really, I mean, we are living in a vacuum of stupidity I don't think we're ever going to get out of right now. All right. You know what? Let me knock this last one out. And then I want to do, I've got some just awesome video of Don Jr. I'm going to get this book in a second, by the way. Here it is, Triggered, which is terrific. But I'll get to that in a second. I got some video of Don Jr. on CBS this morning, which is great. This guy's got cojones of steel. I got to get to that in a second. Uh, So don't go anywhere. I got some more after that, too. This is a loaded show. But let's get our final sponsor of the day, ZipRecruiter. By the way, how handy did they just come in? We got some big news coming up about the show. I'll get to it another time. But, folks, I'm not messing with you, and I tell you, um, ZipRecruiter is saving our butts right now. We really need ZipRecruiter. If you are out there looking for talent, employees, stop wasting your time sifting through, you know, 150,000 resumes that are totally inapplicable to your company. Let me give you a little observe at D- Dylan Miskowitz here. Dylan Miskowitz is a real ZipRecruiter customer who used ZipRecruiter to hire for his company, Cafe Altura. Here's a testimonial based on his actual story. Listen, hiring is a slow process. Cafe Altura's, uh, Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company, but he was having trouble finding the applicants he needed. So he switched to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its technology is peerless, identifies people with the right experience, and invites them to apply to your job. So you get qualified applicants fast. Stop wasting money. Stop wasting time. Stop wasting talent. ZipRecruiter, ZipRecruiter is the way to go. Dylan posted his job on ZipRecruiter, said he was impressed by how quickly he had great candidates. He used ZipRecruiter's candidate rating feature to filter his applicants so he could focus on the most relevant ones and stop wasting time. That's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. They saved our butts. More news on that in the future. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. My last name, B-O-N-G-I-N-O. ZipRecruiter.com slash Bongino. Stop wasting time anywhere else. They totally saved our butts recently. More Again, more on that in the future. You're not going to want to miss ZipRecruiter. Check them out. Okay. 
So without further ado, here is Don Trump Jr., who I really think will be, uh, I think he should seriously consider being a, entering uh, into the uh, candidate space some point in the future. Here's him on CBS News this morning about his new book, Triggered, which I'll get to in a second. And he's asked by the panel there at CBS News, who clearly, you know, they're leftists have it in for him. He's asked about, well, you know, Hunter Biden's business deal. What about your business dealings? And he just slays him. But keep this in mind. I want to set it up because when you hear it, it's going to have that much more effect. He's like, well, Hunter Biden became rich like after dad entered office. Meanwhile, we're losing business deals after our debt. So it's kind of not the same thing. No, check this out. This is worth your time. You, you criticize Hunter Biden, uh, Joe Biden's mm -hmm. son in this book, as you have done um, out on, uh, the camp on the campaign trail effectively in yes. speeches uh, for even the appearance that he might have tried to benefit financially um, from uh, when Joe Biden was vice president. Mm -hmm. Aren't you benefiting essentally Listen, from your we, father we, being president? We, we, not even a little bit from that, from the politics. I've benefited from my father's name. I'm not going to hide from that. So has Hunter. I can't even fault him for that. There's a difference, though, when Hunter Biden is getting board seats coming back with $1.5 from China because of his father's taxpayer-funded office. Hunter Biden knows nothing about energy, never invested it in his life. He gets a board and a company, a corrupt Ukrainian oil company, in a language he doesn't speak because his father's handling that region. We... We're international business people. Gail, you can vouch for that for Everybody decades. And that, more yeah. importantly, we stopped doing new deals. We have deals that we were obligated to finish that we signed up in 2010. But you have expanded some of those deals. You're no. expanding in Scotland. You've traveled to India, yeah. to we, Indonesia. To we have to finish out the deals that we have that are existing. We have literally a contractual. We have not signed a new deal abroad since my father took the presidency. We said we now we'd be able to. Legally, we chose not to and did that publicly so as not to even create the notion of impropriety. But we didn't magically become international business people because of my father's office. We frankly stopped our international expansion because of it. And that's a big distinction that the media really likes to. By the way, hat tip act for America for that video. Yeah. I love this guy. I love that. I'm telling you, this guy really needs to seriously consider Don Jr. being a candidate in the future. Folks, this is such a stupid comparison these panelists are trying to make. It's almost embarrassing. Don Jr. and his family were actual business people before Donald Trump Sr., the president, ran for office. Mm -hmm. Since then, they have stopped signing new deals even though there's nothing illegal even remotely about it. Don Trump Jr. is not the president. He can sign whatever deal he wants. They have stopped doing that to avoid the appearance of impropriety. Hunter Biden did the opposite. Hunter Biden started the deals after his dad became vice president. Started, stopped. Started, stopped. One stop to avoid impropriety. One literally created impropriety in the appearance of impropriety by initiating <laughs> new deals after his dad became the most, a second most powerful person in the executive branch. Folks, I got a copy of Don's new book triggered. It is excellent. I can't recommend it enough. There are two takeaways from this. Listen, it's not a paid spot. This is, this is a legitimately really, really good book. It is worth your time. Don Trump Jr. Triggered. I'm hoping to have him on the show sometime soon. <laughs> Big surprises ahead. We'll see what happens there. Uh, let me give you two takeaways on this, though. 
He addresses some things you are going to be very interested in. One, the inside baseball story about their fight with the media. There are things in here I had never heard before. I don't want to spoil the book for you, but they're going to be real eye-openers about what went on behind the scenes between him, his family, and their ongoing fight with the fake news media. But secondly, he goes into things like the YouTube fiasco with Carlos Maza, Steven Crowder, and others, and it's from a very interesting angle. The book is definitely worth your time. Go pick it up today. Triggered by Don Trump Jr. Really, really good book. And uh, hat tip to Don for that segment on CBS News. Good for fighting back there. Um, you know, they deserved it. That's a to- that comparison they make with him is total nonsense. Check that out. Okay. Um, all right. I do have other stuff I want to get to here. Just quickly on the, I haven't discussed Second Amendment, you know, fake gun control legislation because nothing, no one actually controls guns um, in a long time. There are two interesting stories up in the show notes today. I'd really like you to check out. Um, First one's from the Daily Signal. Uh, There's a new study out, apparently, that the concealed carry population, that we're the concealed carry killers. In other words, Joe, what's the leftist narrative? Remember, the media is not there to tell you the story. They're there to tell you a story. Different than the story. So the new story that this, this violence policy center put out is that the concealed carry population, apparently dangerous, that these concealed carry permit holders like you and I, that we're out there, check out this screenshot from the piece, that we are out there terrorizing the population and we are a real clear and present danger to everyone. As you can see, the Violence Policy Center, Joe, includes uh, uh, many fatalities there where the shooter's concealed carry permit was irrelevant because they didn't carry a concealed weapon in public. This is what the Violence Policy Center is putting out a study that we are the real dangerous ones, but the uh, the statistics they're using are all manipulated. Mm. Check out the second screenshot from this. I want to show you how this Violence Policy Center study about the concealed carry population, how dangerous we are. This is all complete nonsense. Here's the real data. Amy Swear at the Daily Signal. Totally worth your time, this piece. According to the actual data, folks, America's 18 million concealed carry permit holders accounted for just 801 fire alarm-related homicides over a 15-year span, which amounts to roughly 0.7% of all firearm-related homicides during that time. Oh, it gets even worse. That percentage drops even lower if any of the defendants in the 72 cases still pending in court are determined to have acted in lawful self-defense. Folks, this study is garbage. I just gave you the data. Concealed carry weapons permit holders are not a mass uh, violence group threatening people in the United States every day. The data actually says the opposite. Don't rely on them for any kind of facts. I've been teasing that story all week. I wanted to put that out there. Throw that data point in the garbage. But secondly, there's another piece by Cam Edwards up in Bearing Arms. It's worth your time. Again, be up in the show notes here. Bearing Arms. New Zealand's gun confiscation is shaping up to be a massive failure. Uh -uh. No surprise here, folks. Mass gun confiscation doesn't work. From the piece, we find out that people in New Zealand aren't exactly complying. New Zealand's gun grab instituted in the wake of the Christchurch massacre isn't going so great. In fact, with less than two months to go before the deadline, fewer than 20% of the estimated number of banned (laughs) firearms have been handed over. Again, Joe, um, stunning only to liberals who think that conservatives exercising their God-given right to defend themselves and their families, frankly, conservatives and even some liberals who do it too, are going to hand over their uh, weapons to a a, a government bureaucrat? Um, I think not. Not going to happen, folks. They've tried this before. Nobody's going to pay attention to you. You could sit here and pout and pound your fists and scream, but we said so. We said hand them over. Nobody cares. Nobody's going to listen to you. Thanks. Try again. Not even working in New Zealand. All right. This is another important piece of video. Again, I told you it was a loaded show today. So John Solomon has a piece I'll get to in a second. It's very important. It's up in the show notes. 
about how the IG report, he believes, is going to start honing in on one very specific thing, Joe. And the very specific thing the Inspector General report about the whole Spygate fiasco is going to focus on mm-hmm. is how the FBI and people who are feeding information to the FBI, the DOJ, others working with the DOJ and Fusion, completely, utterly failed in epic fashion to do any due diligence on the veracity of their sources. You tracking? Oh, yeah. I'll get to the Solomon piece in a second. Now, with that in mind, I want you to watch Joe DeGeneva, another flamethrower, and his wife, Victoria Tunsing, on Lou Dobbs' show. And I want you to pay attention very closely to what he says at the end, because Joe's got good sources, and it'll tie into the Solomon piece in a second, and a couple of tactical nukes that are about to be dropped. Check out the Geneva. Uh, Joe, your thoughts on that uh, Horowitz report? Uh, it, it doesn't sound like uh, uh, it's going to be a tepid matter. Uh, explosive, would you say? I would say explosive, and I would say for people at the highest levels of the FBI mm. uh, and at the highest levels of the Justice Department, more important, the Justice Department, um, it's going to be devastating. Uh, it's going to ruin careers. It's going to make people uh, have bar problems. It's going to be Bill uh, Barr problems. No, 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 no. Uh, bar association problems, because what's what's clear and now we know is that the senior levels of the Obama Justice Department were complicit in knowingly submitting materially false applications to the FISA court for an illegitimate counterintelligence purpose, not for a legitimate purpose, but to spy on Americans for political purposes. And it really will end up being the beginning of the greatest political scandal in history. And it's being held up partially because of John Durham's new grand jury, which, by the way, exists for one reason and one reason only, because people are going to be indicted. Hmm. Now, as I always like to do, let me tie in for you what's really going on here. Folks, a lot of the people heavily involved in the investigation of Spygate, John Solomon, Sarah Carter, Joe DeGeneva. I mean, the, the list goes on. Jeff Carlson, Chuck Ross, uh, you know, I, I, Lee Smith, me. Um, a lot of us knowingly or unknowingly share some of the same sources, not all of them. Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? Where am I getting at? We'll put up the Solomon piece and I'll tie it up for you. John Solomon, who's excellent, work is outstanding. This piece will be up in the show notes today, too, has a new piece up as well. Conveniently, right around the time of DeGeneva and this statement DeGeneva made. After Russian collusion controversy, FBI faces red flag concerns over vetting informants. Folks, there's a reason these threads keep appearing in multiple people's heads on different channels and articles on, appear- on, on, on TV appearances. So let's take the takeaway. Remember, there's a limited number of valuable sources in this case who have been feeding people information about the Spygate fiasco. So we have DeGeneva in a TV appearance suggesting that there's a big problem with FBI and DOJ people knowingly going in front of the FISA court and lying about information they were given you by sources. In other words, Joe, they did not do their homework on sources despite swearing they did. Right. Conveniently comes out right around the same time. John (laughs) Solomon writes an article about how the IG report is going to include a damning indictment of the FBI not vetting its sources. What does that tell you? Again, I like to dig through the fog and the brush here. That tells you that 
if they have separate sources, that some people are probably in a lot of trouble because multiple people are now reporting that key people in the FBI and DOJ are going to be nailed to the wall now because they didn't do their homework. Mm. If they have the same source, it's still probably a pretty big deal because Solomon's information to Genova has been pretty spot on. So their source is pretty good. I'm simply suggesting to you that this inspector general report, there is a paper trail of the information and the interviews and everything they did to vet the information given to them by Steele that I'm telling you was really written by Simpson and another guy that's going to get fascinating. And that paper trail is damning because you know what the paper trail of here's what we did to verify the Steele dossier says, Joe, you know what it says? It says we didn't verify the Steele dossier, but we swore we did. There's a reason to Geneva now is convinced there's going to be now, listen, just to be clear on this, I'm a little bit more reserved about are there going to be indictments because we've been let down so many times. I hope there will be if crimes were committed, but I'm a little more skeptical given the failures we've seen repeatedly. I hope and pray Joe's right. But again, folks, there's a reason you're seeing these threads pop up in multiple places. It's not because it's fake news, like it's coming out on the left. All right, quick, I'll wrap up this last story. One of my favorite places to go for news is uh, Mises.org. If you're even remotely interested in the economy, economics, and readable fashion, they do really terrific work. But there's a great piece up. It's, It's a little detailed, maybe a little wonky, not too much, but it's up in the show notes today. And it debunks one of the talking points that really drives me crazy, but it handles it in a very nonpartisan way. Doesn't say it's all good news, but the talking point we hear from the left, Joe, the middle class is disappearing. Trump's killing the middle class. Well, here's a piece by Ryan McMacken, um, uh, November 5th, 2019. The American middle class isn't disappearing, but it's not all good news. This is from the Mises.org. It's up at the show notes. Read it. It gives a very sober analysis of the statistics and data about why the left is BSing you. The middle class is not disappearing at all in the Trump era. Now, he Mm. goes into some bad news, too, about how there was a 10-year period of stagnant incomes due to the Great Recession and others. It's good for you to read. We don't do BS here. We're not putting anybody, uh, you know, we're not lionizing anyone. But, folks, the data does not support at all the liberal liberal talking about the middle class is disappearing from the piece. It's, It's a long piece, but it's worth your time. He starts breaking out the categories and he finds that the under 35,000 category, people in lower income brackets show, fell. Wait, wait, wait. I thought the poor were getting poor. No, no. The number of people in that category fell from 37, uh, 34% of households mm. in 1970 to 27.9% of households. 34, 27, 34, 27. So lower income categories are shrinking. The middle categories, what we would call the middle class, Joe, from 35 to 100,000 right. were largely flat. While the over 100,000 category more than double. In other words, folks, quote, the middle income group isn't disappearing anytime soon. But we do find significant growth in the number of households entering the highest income levels. In other words, Joe, people are getting richer. Moving on up. He goes on. Yeah. Shocker. Moving on up. Those households have to come from somewhere. And many are coming from the middle class. Contrary to the narrative that the middle class is becoming impoverished, the data suggests that the middle class is actually getting richer. It doesn't matter. Chris Hahn and these other people I debate will still go on Fox. The middle class is 
Yeah, sure it is. Okay, sure. I know you don't do data, facts. You have skulls 72 feet thick. I get it. But are you ever going to do your homework and just read basic facts and data points? Are you even remotely interested? The answer is no. As I told you before, after the Epstein-Yasher tweet, where they're being total hypocrites about whistleblowers, get that whistleblower. Leave that whistleblower alone. They don't even care anymore. The Washington Post and others, I'm sure, will parrot the talking point. Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, the middle class is shrinking. Yeah, it is because they're getting richer, you dopes. Man, do you even do facts, bro? Ever? Bruh? (sighs) All right, folks. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate all your support last night at the Patriot Awards. It was really an honor to be there. It was not about me or Fox. It was about the people who were there. And just a final note, I met a lot of cops and firemen, military folks, people receiving awards last night. And um, God bless you, man, for putting that shield on your chest or that military uniform on and putting your butt on the line. There is no, no greater sacrifice than to put your skin in the game for the safety and security of others. And it was a tremendous honor and a pleasure and a humbling experience to be among you all last night. Thank you for showing up. It was really great. It was a real, real significant honor and something I'll never forget. I'll see you all tomorrow, folks. Thanks for tuning in. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.